Welcome to the Rank Kings of Podcast and Answers the Age Old Question. What are the most rewatchable movies? I'm Danny Weiser. With me, as always, is my co-host and the Billy Madison to my Happy Gilmore. It's Ty McGowan. Hey, you know what? That makes sense. Happy Madison, the most rewatchable turn every part of your brain off movies that you can, especially mm-hmm. these days, you can, yeah. you can watch. <laughs> Also, I just pictured you singing "Back to School," "Back to I School," and it made me laugh really hard. I have sung that a lot. I did it. I did it to. Uh, I did it to my one of my cousins. Uh, it was like right before school started, and I was just like, "Back to school, back to school," <laughs> to prove to dad I'm not a fool. And I and he looked at me like I was mentally insane. <laughs> so funny. I did it all the time. Stop I just I pictured at me, Swan. <laughs> I pictured adult Ty wearing a backpack just standing in front of his house kicking rocks. Back to school. And it made me laugh, so I had to go with it. Oh, my gosh. And uh, the, what what was the uh, the specific brand of pudding that he wanted? Always? Snack packs. That's like, I was so pissed. I was like, Mom, I want snack, snack packs. packs. And she didn't buy me snack packs. Stupid. God, Hello, Mr. Pig one. <laughs> I, I love those movies. <laughs> that movie is um, so amazing. Do you think Ellen seen Happy Madison? Ooh, There's a chance she might probably. not have seen it. If not, <laughs> she has an older not, brother, so I'm assuming she's seen all the oh, yeah. Adam Sandler movies. But God, that <laughs> would be a fun not. movie to talk about. <laughs> uh, okay, we're talking talking rewatchable movies for this episode. Um, I don't know. I don't know about you. I had to give myself quite a bit of criteria to kind of narrow my my list down because otherwise there's like there's a million options here danny i tried i tried so much <laughs> to give myself so much criteria and i still ended up with like a list of 75 movies we have this is going to be like a four-part episode like we're, yeah, gonna, we're gonna we'll come back multiple. to this in a year so what we'll say every first week of april we're doing rewatchable movies for the next four years <laughs> jesus i hope we're not doing we this podcast in four years god i can't imagine <laughs> Are you kidding? Unless I we get that imagine. big payday from Joe Rogan. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Stop putting that out there. I don't like this goof at all. <laughs> but, God, if you're ready, you're going to stay. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So, went with the theme just so I could not have to. I don't know. Just so I could not think about. This was one of the most grudging lists ever. And I yeah. know there's like. Happy Madison, or Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Not on my list, and I'm kind of pissed about it, because they're very rewatchable. Hard to say. As soon as I thought of that for the opening comparison, I was like, oh, those should both be on my list. Yeah. So I went with, like, I was thinking, like, okay, heavy movies that are rewatchable. That's a good theme. But then I was just like, baseball movies. They're the most rewatchable movies for me, just because I love baseball. And these are the movies that aren't rewatchable for most people that... They're just easy for me to put on and watch. Um, so first up is The Natural. Came out in yep. 1984, directed by Barry Levinson, um, starring Robert Redford, Robert Duvall, Glenn Close, um, Kim Basinger. Um, an unknown middle-aged batter named Roy Hobbs with a mysterious past appears out of nowhere to take a losing 1930s baseball team to the top of the league. This, I think for a lot of people, this is not a rewatchable movie, and I absolutely mm-hmm. understand that. But there's just something about 1930s baseball that just looks amazing. And you like for me, I could easily put this on in the background and I know exactly the parts where I'm like, okay, put everything aside. I'm going to watch him hit a home run and knock out the lights while the greatest baseball music of all time plays. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a great call. I, I, I agree that all, like 1930s, 40s baseball always looks cool in movies. But I think it's just because it's a lot of like, oh, that looks like the like dude that works at the grocery store. That's just yeah. a normal dude. That's not a professional athlete. Like that's accessible. I think is yeah. I think is a big part of it. It's just like, oh, the guy that works at Lowe's. That's what he looks like. It's not dude. like. Mike Trout now, who's this, like, ridiculous physical specimen. Speaking of that, I was just watching – I watch it every year the first week of uh, of opening day because it takes me about a week to watch it. It's Ken Burns Baseball where it's nine mm-hmm. episodes and every episode is, like, an hour and a half long. Yeah. Um, and it goes from the creation of baseball to, like, the 1990s. And they were they were talking about, like – they were asking people, like, what's so beautiful about baseball? And it's, like – because there's – literally athletes where it's like i could do that yeah like i could do that (laughs) babe ruth eats like 30 hot dogs a day relatable dude do you remember that that yankees pitcher was it joba chamberlain or someone else who was just so big like just did not belong on an athletic field and it was just like oh i could maybe do that (laughs) (laughs) that could be me dude (laughs) or pablo sandoval (laughs) <laughs> like come on yeah pablo sandoval bartolo cologne which like had bartolo long, had an incredibly long baseball career and just like oh he and i are in similar shape cc sabathia <laughs> pre-weight loss yeah 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 yeah. Uh, yeah that's a good pick yeah uh second baseball movie is moneyball uh mm-hmm. came out in 2011 directed by bennett miller um starring brad pitt jonah hill philip seymour hoffman um Danny's favorite actor, Chris Pratt. Uh, the story of, <laughs> story of Oakland Athletics General Manager Billy Bean's successful attempt to put together a baseball team on a budget by employing computer-generated analysis to draft his players. This is just a fun – this is, like, the, like, if you're not a baseball person, you're not going to like this movie because mm. it is so in the weeds with with baseball statistics that it's just, like – I get it if you don't like this movie, but like, I eat this crap up. Like this, I love it so much. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's just great. Brad Pitt, great baseball actor. Jonah Hill, hilarious. It's really good. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman, the most realistic <laughs> baseball manager in a movie of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just really it's good movie. Yeah, really good movie, and I've watched it so many times. I could just turn that on and just. It's so relaxing to me just listening to people talk about batting averages and on base percentages <laughs> like that. Like that's my meditation right there. <laughs> um, and last field of dreams came out in 1989 directed by Phil Alden Robinson starring Kevin Costner, uh, Amy Madigan, Gabby Hoffman. Oh, is Gabby Hoffman the daughter? That's kind of mm-hmm. crazy. Ray Liotta and James Earl Jones. Wow. James Earl Jones is like fifth on the cast list and on letterbox. That's kind of crazy. Um, Ray Kinsella is an Iowa farmer who hears a mysterious voice telling him to turn his cornfield into a baseball diamond. He does, but the voice's directions don't stop even after the spirits of the deceased ballplayers turn up to play. This is just, like, a part of my DNA. So, like, I can turn this on and not even look at the screen and know exactly what's going on. So it can just play in the background for me. And I know exactly when to stop to listen to James Earl or listen to Ray Kinsella bat to to uh Shula show jackson for the first time listen yeah. to james earls jones baseball speech which brings me to tears every time and 
watch Ray Kinsella have a catch with his dad. Like, I know yeah. exactly when to put my focus on that, and then I can let all the other stuff go by because I've seen it so many times that I know exactly what's happening in my head. Yeah. See if you can hit my curve just, yeah. just, <laughs> just ingrained into my brain. <laughs> you can hit the curve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, A+. Plus. God, what an incredible movie. Um, okay, my honorable mentions are, I think, some of the most common honorable mentions for like a lot of people it's christmas movies okay i said common honorable mentions common rewatchable movies yeah for people because everyone like watches them every year that's i didn't yeah, even the, think about damn dude i didn't think about christmas movies like this is ridiculous yeah. there are lots of movies that people will just watch every single christmas no matter what yeah um and so i went with some of my favorites and my first one is national lampoon's christmas vacation nice yeah uh, 1989's directed by Jeremy s chechik uh, Stars Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo has a 3.6 on Letterboxd. It's Christmas time and the Griswolds are preparing for a family seasonal celebration, but things never run smoothly for Clark, his wife, Ellen, and their two kids. Clark's continual bad luck is worsened by his obnoxious family guests, but he manages to keep going, knowing that his Christmas bonus is due soon. And th- it's just so fun. Like, this is this is a movie that I, I'll watch with my folks every year. Uh, just be- It's become a very fun tradition for us. I think it's an absolute blast. It's Chevy Chase at his best. It's so quotable. It's just, it's a really, really great time. This was your uh, number one Christmas movie, right? We did. No, right? it was, it was up there. It was my number one. My number one is coming up in a second. Okay. Um, my number two, or my second honorable mention is Elf. Nice. 2003, yeah. directed by John Favreau, stars Will Ferrell, James Caan, Zoe Deschanel has a 3.5 on Letterboxd. When young buddy falls into Santa's gift sack on Christmas Eve, he's transported back to the North Pole and raises a toy making elf by Santa's helpers. But as he grows into adulthood, he can't shake the nagging feeling that he doesn't belong. But he vows to visit Manhattan and find his real dad, a workaholic publisher. Another one that is just since I was a kid. This movie came out since I was nine. I'm pretty sure I've watched it every single Christmas since I was like nine years old. It's just, it's an absolute blast. It's so quotable. It's so fun. I, I love this movie a lot. Yeah, that's a good one. Anytime I go anywhere with my mom, like we go on vacation, our family does. I always, because mm-hmm. she loves Elf so much. But anytime we go somewhere and stay at like a hotel or an Airbnb, I always, the first thing I say is, these toilets are ginormous <laughs> every single time. <laughs> yeah, my go-to is usually, bye, buddy, hope you find your dad, whenever people leave. <laughs> Just someone's like comes over to hang out and then leaves for the night. Bye, buddy. Um, it's really going to throw last... someone off when they the, per, the person you say that to who has never seen Elf. <laughs> yeah, they don't need to come to my house anyway. Um, and then my... Last honorable mention is, I'm pretty sure it was the number one on my list. It's like my go-to Christmas movie. It's The Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. Uh, 1994, directed by John Pasquin, stars Tim Allen, Eric Lloyd. Uh, has a 3.1 on Letterboxd. Scott Calvin is an ordinary man who accidentally causes Santa Claus to fall from his roof on Christmas Eve and is knocked unconscious. When he and his young son finish Santa's trip and deliveries, they go to the North Pole, where Scott learns he must become the new Santa and convince those he loves that he is indeed Father Christmas. Um, I love that the letterbox summary says knocked unconscious when clearly Santa died. It's <laughs> very fun from Letterboxd. Look at the pants on this guy. <laughs> that line cracks me up every single time. Him searching through those clothes, he's just like, oh, there's a big naked guy just running around. <laughs> that, that whole scene cracks me up so much. Yeah, I this is this is the movie that no matter what, um, 
no matter what's going on that Christmas, if we're traveling or like visiting family or just super busy, whatever, I will 100% always watch the Santa Claus no matter what. I have every single year that I can remember, like going back as far as I can physically remember. I've watched the Santa Claus every year. It's my most watched Christmas movie of all time. I just, I love it so much. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm surprised that uh, Christmas Story wasn't on your list. You love that movie. Uh, <laughs> God, I'll shoot my eye out if I have to watch Christmas Story again. <laughs> uh, okay, on to our top ten. Uh, I didn't really have a criteria, like, so I didn't pick any series, like any franchises, because my the way my brain works is I can't just like jump in and watch Mission Impossible Fallout. I have to watch all the Mission Impossibles before that. I can't just watch Empire Strikes Back. I have to watch every single Star Wars movie before that. It's just how my brain works. Is it infuriating sometimes? Absolutely. But it's just something that I have to do when I watch franchises. Um, also, there's a lot of movies that I think are very rewatchable for me. Like, I love rewatching the movies. But I didn't pick anything where I have to sit down and, like, pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, Boyhood. For me, that is a very, very rewatchable movie. Or The Social Network. It's my favorite movie. I love rewatching that movie. But when I turn on the social network, I ha- all my attention has to be focused on that movie. So mm-hmm. that's that's why something like that wouldn't make my list. Cool. Um, so first up, very rewatchable movie for me and my dad because we used to rewatch it together all the time. It's Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, came out in 1977, directed by Hal Needham. Uh, A race car driver tries to transport an illegal beer shipment from Texas to Atlanta in under 28 hours, picking picking up a reluctant bride-to-be on the way. Starring Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Jerry Reed. This is just redneck gold of a movie, (laughs) and it's I think it's Burt Reynolds' best movie. I'll just go ahead and say it. Um, It's I mean Boogie Nights is probably his best, but this is my favorite. Uh, But this is just fun. I cannot wait to pick this for we shall watch a movie at some point because i rewatched it because i thought it was like okay 1977 burt reynolds it's probably not gonna be you know really live up to what it was in 1977 but it's actually a lot not as bad as i thought it would be um so yeah i mean this movie is just so fun it's literally a two guys who have a bet to drive coors light from texarkana to atlanta (laughs) and it and it spawned the song Jerry Reed, who's a country singer. Like he wrote Eastbound and Down, loaded up and truck it. That song is based yeah. is because of this movie. It's just it's fun, ridiculous. It's like very like it is just hits that nineteen seventy seven era of redneck <laughs> movies on the nose. It's so great. And it has a basset that- hound, which is my favorite dog. A basset hound named oh, I can't remember the name of the basset hound. My dad's gonna be pissed that I didn't remember <laughs> the, the name of the basset hound. But we had a basset hound named Earl when I was a kid, and it was just just so fun to see this basset hound in Smokey and the Bandit. Hold on. I'm just looking up this name because it, it had the biggest redneck name. Um, oh, gosh. Come on. Basset hound, Smokey and the Bandit. Fred. His yeah. name was Fred. <laughs> and, and Fred would just run away. And Jerry, it would run away like it wasn't like a very well-trained movie dog. And Jerry Reed would just have to chase it around. <laughs> Fred, Fred, get back here, Fred. <laughs> so good. 
yeah. This is a movie that I know a lot about, but I don't think I've ever seen. I'm surprised you haven't seen this movie. Me too. It seems like it'd be right at my dad's alley, yeah. so I don't know why I didn't watch it growing up. Uh, don't worry. I'm going to pick it for We Should Watch a Movie at some point. Cool. I think it'll be fun. Um, okay, my list, the the kind of rules that I gave myself, it, I, I'm not a big movie rewatcher. I never have been. I don't like... Like, I think, like, you're, like, the thing that you like to do the most to pass the time is to throw a movie on. Yeah. Because you're always, what it's not for me. Like, I there are lots of other things that I would rather be doing. Like, I don't just sit down and, like, I watch, like, two movies a week on a normal week. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't rewatch a ton of movies. So, the rules that I gave myself, I have to have seen it at least five times, which is a lot for me. Yeah. Um, and I, nothing super long. I didn't give myself like a specific time limit, but I didn't want any like three hour movies cause those don't feel super rewatchable. So you don't have the and talented then, Mr. Ripley at number one. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, dude. <laughs> um, and then nothing too intense. Uh, like okay. I don't like the Lord of the Rings movies for multiple reasons are not on my list uh, or on, on my list. Um, I just like nothing, nothing too intense, nothing too dramatic, nothing that's going to be like a gut punch cry. Like I'm okay with tearing up at these, like, but like, I don't want a gut punch, super emotional type cry. So I had to, I had to kind of put all of those things into, into perspective while making this list. But yeah, I have almost uh, I, zero emotions in my list. <laughs> I've, I've definitely got a handful that make me tear up for sure, but none of them are like, oh, this is going to be a big part of my day Yeah, <laughs> type of type of cries uh but my first one is kind of my ultimate comfort movie it's singing in the rain 1952 directed by stanley donan gene kelly stars gene kelly debbie reynolds donald o'connor has a 4.3 on letterboxd 1927 hollywood a silent film production company and cast make a difficult transition to sound uh, it's, it's the ultimate comfort movie for me if i'm yeah. sick i'm probably gonna put on singing in the rain um if i'm just kind of like bummed and want to put on something that might cheer me up it's probably singing in the rain it's just it's the ultimate like happy like put you in a good mood type comfort movie and those are the perfect for rewatches i think wow that's i i figured if you'd go musical route you go the new west side story because you love seeing uh that guy sing cool boy 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 <laughs> crazy boy get up somewhere out there kev just laughed <laughs> don't, I just don't like it, man. Uh, for the record, I liked the movie, but Angela Elgort tried his hardest to make me not. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, my number nine. So this is the only, like, like real, like, just regular comedy on my list. One, because it'd be so easy to make just a top ten of just comedies because they're very mm -hmm. easy to rewatch. And two, I figured we're going to do a comedy episode at some point, so I didn't just yeah, load it up with comedies. Um, so my number nine is 21 Jump Street. Nice. Came out in 2012, directed by Lord Miller, um, starring Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, the greatest on-screen chemistry of all time. Um, in high wow. school, it, I'm calling it, and it's true. In high school, Schmidt was a dork and Janko was a popular jock. After graduation, both of them joined the police force and ended up as partners riding bicycles in the city park. Since they are young and look like high school students, they are assigned to an... Sorry, this is the worst. <laughs> They're assigned to an <laughs> undercover unit to infiltrate a drug ring that is supplying high school students synthetic drugs. Yeah, okay, that's, that's a great summary of that movie, but good lord, it felt like it was written by a sophomore in high school that <laughs> so bad. Um, but yeah, this 
movie is just so funny. Jonah Hill, Channing Tatum are hilarious in this. I love rewatching it because there's every single joke makes me laugh every single time. I know there there are a lot of comedies where I just don't laugh as much as I used to after the first time seeing them. But since I saw this in theaters to like I watched it a few days ago or a few weeks ago, that's still just gunt riching laughter every time I watch this. It's just so so freaking hilarious. It's just there it's so good and it's just kind of like the first time I was like, Oh, Channing Tatum's like funny? That's kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is 21 Jump Street is amazing. It's just, I love it so much. One of the greatest comedies of all time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, it's great. Uh, okay. My number nine, it's another just comfort movie for me. It's Big Fish. Okay. 2003. Wow. Directed by, Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of an Directed by movie. Tim Burton. Stars Ewan McGregor, Albert Finney, Billy Crudup, 3.8 on Letterboxd. Um, throughout his life, Edward Bloom has always been a man of big appetites, enormous passions, and tall tales. In his later years, he remains a huge mystery to his son, William. Now to get to know the real man, Will begins uh, piecing together a true picture of his father from flashbacks of his amazing adventures. Um, this one, uh, there are a, 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 quite a bit of emotional beats in this movie, but there are also a lot of just like really pleasant really pretty scenes and really like whimsical fun comforting type of like shots and moments you know what i mean well yeah you're and big so you're a big burton head <laughs> this is <laughs> this is one of the few tim burton things that i can get through if i'm being honest i'm um, sorry a few this is the only tim burton thing i could get through but his batman movies i'm cool with his batman <laughs> movies i think they're fun yeah um but yeah, I, just, I I love this movie. It's a very very much a comfort movie for me. The the like super heavy emotional hits are kind of broken up by those like funny, silly, whimsical, out there, fantastical moments. Um, I just I love this one a lot. This is this is the movie that I saw it and I was like, oh, Ewan McGregor is incredible. So um, it wasn't. I love this movie. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Listen, we don't have to do this. I like. I mean, Attack of the Clones is not the worst thing in the world. It's still Star Wars, so I'm not not here to dunk on Attack of the Clones. Is it great? No, but it's Star Wars. It wasn't Mulan Rouge. Say (laughs) the Baz Luhrmann joint. Yeah, I don't really remember. I'm not positive I've seen Mulan Rouge. If I'm being, you can skip it. It's just like every other Baz Luhrmann movie. Trash. Okay, I don't really know that much about. I think you think I know more about Baz Luhrmann than I do. I just like. Dunking on Baz Luhrmann because he sucks. I know you keep <laughs> doing it. I'm aware. Uh, okay, my number eight is Hot Fuzz. Um, came yeah. out 2007, directed by Edgar Wright, uh, starring Simon Pegg and Dick Frost. Goats. Um, also great chemistry. As a former London constable, Nicholas Angel finds it finds it difficult to adapt to his new assignment in the sleepy British village of Sanford. Not only does he miss the excitement of the big city, but he also has a well-meaning oaf of for a partner. However, when a series of grisly accidents rock Stanford, Sanford, Angel smells something rotten in the idyllic village. Um, this is my favorite of the Cornetto trilogy. It's hilarious. I love how much it almost like makes fun of action movies so well that it's kind of better than almost every action movie ever, <laughs> which is like just so hel- of course Edgar Wright did that. He's like one of the most talented directors of all time. But it's just so funny that he's just like, oh I want to make a satire about action movies and just accidentally make a really great <laughs> action movie. It's just <laughs> so good. Uh, 
it's just so funny all of the the bits that they do like i can throw this on in the background and kind of just pay attention and hear like olivia coleman's one-liners like even <laughs> out of the background which are just like Look, Olivia Coleman didn't invent comedic timing, but she perfected <laughs> it. Like it is yeah. amazing. We'll that. Like her in this movie is just so good. And it's just I could quote this movie endlessly. Um another movie that I'm pretty sure we've all seen, but we need to figure out how to actually yeah. no, I don't even know if I want to do this. I don't want to recast I, this movie. Me neither. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I I love the Cornetta trilogy too. I think Shaun of the Dead's my favorite. Yeah. But Hot Fuzz is a close second. Um, but yeah, kind of, you kind of can't do any wrong with that with that trilogy. Well, even the third one, like that. the third one, like obviously is not as great as Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz. Those are both yeah. five star movies, but still like better than most comedies that came out in the 2010s. Yeah, for sure. Uh, cool. My number eight, uh, another comfort movie for me. Not my whole list isn't just comfort movies, but the first three certainly are. Uh, it's Chef from 2014. Oh, yeah. Directed by John Favreau, stars John Favreau, Sofia Vergara, and MJ Anthony. Has a 3.6 on Letterboxd. When Chef Carl Casper suddenly quits his job at a prominent Los Angeles restaurant after refusing to compromise his creative integrity for its controlling owner, he is left to figure out what's next. Finding himself in Miami, he teams up with his ex-wife, his friend, and his son to launch a food truck. Taking to the road, Chef Carl goes back to his roots to reignite his passion for the kitchen and zest for life and love. I really, really dearly love this movie it's so charming it's so fun uh i love the father-son stuff in this i love that it's just travel and food and like father creating moments with his son who like maybe they aren't the closest but they're growing close it's just so many things about it are so sweet and so fun it's really quotable lots of lots of like memorable parts a few emotional beats but nothing that's like devastating this one's really great i love chef a whole lot i try to stay away from chef because one i love this movie i actually do enjoy mm-hmm. rewatching it but i try to stay away from it because like halfway through i find myself like oh i just spent 40 dollars on doordash because i'm so <laughs> hungry <laughs> Yeah, there have definitely been moments that I've watched Chef and been like, I would rip a man's head off for a grilled cheese right now. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, that's like, it is like, I watch that movie, I'm just like, I just ate an hour ago and I'm so <laughs> effing hungry right now. <laughs> if I don't get a Cubano right now, Oh dude. my gosh. And I judge every, it's so ridiculous. I've never tasted the Cubano that they show in that movie, but every Cubano, I'm like, this doesn't taste what it looked like in Chef. <laughs> Every single Cuban sandwich is just disappointing. Psychotic. It's just like, nope, this is not what it tastes like. It looks like a chef. Stupid. (laughs) So stupid. Man, I love Chef a whole bunch. Yeah, that's that's a great. Really, is that his? Is that Favreau's best director, like directing job? Like, what you got? Uh, Iron Man, two thousand eight. You got Chef, Lion King, twenty nineteen. Obviously, has to be up there. Does it? <laughs> All of the super boring A episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. Well, he also did a lot of Mando stuff. So, yeah, I think Mando and Chef are going to be the top for me. But Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, my number seven. This is the only, like, classic, like, real classic movie that, like, everyone, like, a lot of people love. There's a lot of diehard fans for this movie. It's Back to the Future. Came out in 1985, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Um, 
80s teenager Marty McFly is accidentally sent back into time to 1955, inadvertently disrupting his parents' first meeting and, and attracting his mother's romantic interest. Oh, <laughs> why is that in the synopsis? So Marty so must repair the damage <laughs> to history by rekindling his parents' romance and with the help of his eccentric inventor friend Doc Brown returned in 1985. Starring Michael J. Fox, the amazing Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Crispin Glover, and Thomas F. Wilson. I This movie for me is just so rewatchable because it was very rewatchable as a kid and still is mm-hmm. like to this day. And unlike, like I wanted it to include like some heavy hitting 80s movies, I picked this over the Goonies because the Goonies like, sorry, but the Goonies low key makes me cry every single time. And I can't, <laughs> I can't rewatch it so much because I'm just going to start crying every time Chunk tells Sloth that he's going to go live with them. It makes me tear up every single time. <laughs> um, and I don't care what anyone thinks about that. Um <laughs> or when Data says, or when Data's dad says he was his best. Oh, sorry, we're not talking about the Goonies right now. <laughs> I'm start crying. Why'd uh, you go on a Goonies rant? Because it's such a great back, movie. Back to the Future. It's <laughs> such a great movie. But yeah, Back to the Future. It's just so fun. It's like there's nothing really like heavy about it. It's like you have that one scene where he's like slowly disappearing um, because his his parents haven't shared that first kiss yet. But like other than that, it's just like. Oh, this is ridiculous and hilarious, and it's so funny that everyone thinks his big vest jacket is a life jacket, so they think he's in the Coast Guard. It's just, so, it's just so hilarious. I love the fish out of water. It's just so funny, and like for me, this is such a like. Oh, this is kind of like Spider Man because this is like Tom Holland Spider Man is Marty McFly. That's kind of mm-hmm. who that is, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I think it's great. But this is just such a fun movie to go back to. And you also don't really need to watch, like, I don't really need to watch the other movies because that means I would have to go to number three. And I don't want to watch Back to the Future 3 ever. <laughs> it's just, I don't want to do it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this movie is just so fun to watch. It, it's um, for 116 minutes, it goes by like it's 85 minutes. It's just, it's great. I love rewatching Back to the Future. And Back in Time, what a freaking fantastic song written for a movie that is such a beggar i love it yeah yeah what a really great pick shout out zoe deutsch's mom leah thompson you know um, i didn't wait <laughs> i did not know that yeah leah thompson is zoe deutsch's mom. okay i just pulled up a picture and kind of i see it yeah yeah is leah thompson um, also, the one that like paid for her daughter to go to college or is that no that's the mom from full house yeah yeah different mom um also uh we're idiots we were just talking about like john favreau's favorite he was he directed elf we just got done talking about elf forgot to mention it in our john favreau directed movie he directed elf i thought adam mckay directed that no john favreau maybe adam mckay wrote that maybe um Um, but still i think favreau's best movie is still chef though i love elf but i think the his best movie is chef yeah um, okay, my number seven, we're getting out of the comfort movies, and we're just going to pick one that's super fun. It's Top Gun. Nice. 1986, directed by Tony Scott. Going Stars to the Tom danger Cruise, zone, Kelly baby. McGillis, and Anthony Eds, dude. And, hey, uh, nobody, nobody. Nobody does an on-screen death like <laughs> Anthony Eds. Still my favorite. Schmidt watching people watch Top Gun. Wow, Anthony Eds. Can't believe he dies in the next scene. <laughs> what? 
Don't worry, nobody does an on-screen death like Anthony Edge. <laughs> Can you leave Top Gun as a 3.3 on Letterboxd? That's ridiculous. Seems so low. That's so criminal. stupid. It's criminal. People don't understand it. And I feel like a lot <laughs> of that... They don't understand. They don't understand. Well, no, they don't understand. Spider jets. They don't understand how, how to appreciate a Tom Cruise movie. You can't watch a Tom Cruise movie expecting high art. It's like you're you're just trying to have as much fun as you can. That's a Tom there's, Cruise movie. There's nothing to understand. It's just fighter jets and hot dudes. That's all the movie is. But it's a freaking blast, man. And sick cars, dude. Her car. Oh my yeah, god. Sure. That car's sexual. Uh, goodness okay uh let me read this to give you a break uh for lieutenant pete maverick mitchell and his friend and co-pilot nick goose bradshaw uh being accepted into an elite training school for fighter pilots is a dream come true but a tragedy as well as personal demons will threaten pete's dream of becoming an ace pilot that this movie just it rules it's so much fun from start to finish it's not super long there aren't really many slow moments it just except it hits except when she licks tom's Chin. It's weird. That's weird. Yeah, the lick is weird. The silhouette of the lick is it's a weird 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 scene. But uh it's a blast. I we've talked about Top Gun so much. I don't need to go too deep into it, but man, I love this movie. 3.3 is so yeah. st- like I'm sorry, that pisses me off more than yeah. anything. That movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is criminally low. That's really excited for the sequel despite Miles Teller. I still think Look, Miles Teller in the right movie can be fine. I'm going in with an open mind. I'm not going to let him ruin it for me. Look, just just close your eyes and think about Glenn Powell. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, my God. Two Glenn Powells on the screen. This is the best movie ever. Did you ever see that community episode where Abed takes the is Nick Cage good or bad one on 101 <laughs> class and he goes no. insane because he can't figure out if Nick Cage is good bad good or bad? I don't remember that at all, but that's so funny. And Donald Glover runs after him and is just like, think of someone safe like Helen Hunt or Don Cheadle. <laughs> like, yeah, just think of something safe like Glenn Powell. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna say Nick Cage good because Conair. <laughs> I'm gonna say Nick Cage bad because of Conair. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Kyle Banduho, Big Screen Sports Pod. They just got done covering Conair. It released it, just dropped a oh. two-hour episode on Conair, and it rules. It's, it's incredible. Content. It's sitting on my queue for my podcast, and I have made every excuse not to listen to that because I hate incredible that incredible content. So much. It's just three people who love how just nuts Conair is. <laughs> They they use the phrase cocaine energy like fifty times. It's so good. That's like Nick Cage's whole thing. A National yeah. Treasure, the Disney movie, has pretty high <laughs> cocaine energy. It's a blast, man. Um, okay, <laughs> we have gone on so many different tangents of movies that are might might have to shoot Sean a hey we're running late message here shortly. Uh, okay, my number six, one of two. I only included two animated movies because those are just real easy to watch because a lot of them are under ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I only included two, and they're my next two, my six and five. But my number six is Ratatouille. Um, came out in 2000. Really? Yeah, came out in 2007, directed by Brad Bird. A rat named Remy dreams of becoming a great French chef despite his family's wishes and the obvious problem of being a rat in a decidedly rodent-phobic profession. When oh, This is such a long synopsis. When fate places Remy in the sewers of Paris, he finds himself ideally situated beneath a restaurant made famous by his culinary hero, Auguste Gusteau. Despite the apparent dangers of being an unlikely and certain, certainly unwanted visitor of the kitchen, 
of a fine French restaurant, Remy's passion for cooking soon sets into motion a hilarious and exciting rat race. Nice. That turns the culinary world of Paris upside down. Starring Patton Oswalt, who's one of the greatest voice actors ever. Ian Holm, Lou Romano, Brian Dehaney, Peter Son, Peter O'Toole. Um, this movie is so great. One, so it's the only Pixar movie that doesn't make me like openly weep and like think about my existential crisis that I'm always going through. Um, but that's, I mean, most animated movies that came out in the Renaissance are like pretty heavy. There's like some pretty heavy moments. This is kind of just like, Hey, it's a rat that can cook. That's like kind of it. There's no like super heavy, like, this is Pixar. We're going to F with your brain moments in this, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is why it's my favorite Pixar movie. Um, but yeah, this really? is just, yeah. So fun to rewatch. I love this. Um, Justice for Remy. Stuart Little sucks. Um, shout out film hags. Um, but yeah, it seems like this pick seems so random to me. I think it's a me thing though. I think it's just cause I'm not as high on Ratatouille as most people. So it just seems like such an out of left field pick for this list. I love Ratatouille. It's, it's so good. I think it's amazing. I love it. Interesting. Cool. Um, okay, my number six is Jurassic Park, Ooh. 1993, directed by Steven Spielberg, stars Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, has a 4.1 on Letterboxd. Wealthy entrepreneur secretly creates a theme park featuring living dinosaurs drawn from prehistoric DNA. Before opening day, he invites a team of experts and his two eager grandchildren to experience the park and help calm anxious investors. However, the park is anything but amusing as the security systems go offline and the dinosaurs escape. I don't need to say a whole lot about Jurassic Park. It's just big, epic, like action dinosaurs. It's everything about it is so cool. It's all, it's a pretty perfect movie, uh, and it's not super long. Uh, and there's nothing in it that is like so intense that it like freaks you out or stresses you out or anything. It's just it's just a pretty perfect blockbuster movie. Yeah, this fell into the. If I turn this on, I have to pay attention to every single second of this movie because I love it so much. Yeah, I just I think I've seen it so many times at this point that if I don't watch every single second of it, I'm okay. I just like having it on because it's so good. Oh yeah, no, I absolutely get that. But yeah, for me, it's just like I've seen this so many times and I still have to watch every single second of it. That's fair. Um, okay, my number five, my other animated movie, which I'm. It's a guarantee that this is going to be on your list. It's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Came out in 2018, directed by Rodney Rothman, Peter Ramsey, and Bob Pers... I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. Uh, you can do that. Um, <laughs> starring Shamik Moore, Jake Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, Mahershala Ali, Brian Tyree Henry, Lily Tomlin, Lauren Velez, Zoe Kravitz, who played cast. Mary Jane, Insane, John Mulaney, Kamiko Glenn, Nicholas Cage, Catherine Hahn, Lee Schreiber, Chris Pine, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> like, this is... It's what a freaking cast. Such a cast. Uh, Miles Morales is juggling his life between being a high school student and being Spider-Man. When Wilson Kingpin Fisk uses the Super Collider, others from across the Spider-Verse are transported to this dimension. Um, obviously I had to include a Spider-Man movie in this, but like I said, now that they're all connected, if I start Spider-Man 2002, Mm -hmm. I have to finish with Spider-Man into or Spider-Man no way home. That's just how it works out. But this is the only for now for just a few months. This Mm -hmm. is the only Spider-Man movie where I can watch it and not have to watch the next one. 
and it's freaking amazing. It is, it's so just jam packed. It is 117 minutes that feel like 85 minutes, and it's just jam packed with action and jokes and just Spider Man goodness. This is such a good movie, and even just if you're not a Spider Man fan, this maybe the greatest animated movie of all time. Like between this and Kubo, it's like this. It is just amazing what they did on this. It's so good. It was written by Lauren Miller, I think, right? Or they were producers. They were heavily involved in making this. Um, it's just so good. I love this. Such a great story from Shamik Moore, who became got to play Miles Morales. He, When he was doing the press junket for this, he said, like, my dream when I became an actor was to be Spider-Man. So I wrote it down in this journal. And that's all I wanted to be. I wanted to be Spider-Man. And I and I said, I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to be Spider-Man. And he, like, basically had only done, like, two movies. And then, boom, he got Miles Morales. Like, that is just freaking amazing. It's a dream of every Spider-Man fan. But so good, so funny. It's so rewatchable. Like, you, I would, honestly, I wouldn't mind watching this, like, twice in a day. You know that classic thing you did when you were a kid where you rewind the VHS tape? Mm. VHS tape and immediately put it right back in. Like I would have hundred percent done that if this came out during the VHS. Like this is just such a rewatchable movie. It also helps a lot that it was on Netflix for so long that you could just throw it on whenever you wanted. But yeah, this Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, everyone has talked about, I don't know what else I can add to this, but it's just like, it's fantastic. It's a perfect movie. One of the very few perfect movies. Yeah. We are not done. Yeah. <laughs> talking about Spider-Verse yeah. for sure. And uh, spoiler alert, gonna be a while for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. My number five, uh, pure nostalgia here. The the movie that I'm most nostalgic for of any movie in the entire world, it's The Sandlot. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, 1993, directed by David M. M. Evans, stars Tom Geary, Mike Vitar, and James Earl Jones as a 3.7 on Letterboxd. In the summer of 1962, a new kid in town is taken under the wing of a young baseball prodigy and his rowdy team, resulting in many adventures. Uh, I watch this one every summer, pretty much every 4th of July. This is a pretty, uh, pretty common rewatch for me. Uh, this is the movie that I... Maybe not the most, but pretty close up there. Watched the most as a kid. Um, every line in this movie, it seems like is so quotable. Um, it just, the, the, the Sandlot is the most nostalgic movie in the world for me. It's perfect from start to finish. I think. Come on, squints. Or no, why was he like, come on, my clothes are going out of style. Shut up, squints, your clothes are already out of style. Is that your sister out in left field naked? (laughs) Think she'd go out with me? (laughs) Man, I... I you love grow like every... a girl, <gasps> like the greatest <laughs> insult of all time. That's <laughs> oh, so good. I I love every second of the Sandlot. It's one of the mo- it's one of the most important informative movies for me that I've ever seen. I watched it weekly. I think as a kid. I mean, I, I was so obsessed with baseball, uh, and so growing up, it was just the Sandlot was on all the time. I, I, I deeply, dearly love this movie. It means more to me than just about any movie I can think of. This is the first movie on your list where I'm just like, what the hell is I doing not putting this on yeah. my list? <laughs> yeah. Baby yeah, Ruth? Obvious. Baby Ruth? <laughs> the Great Bambino. The Sultan of Swat. Babe Sultan Ruth! Of Swat. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, yeah. I, I think, like, 
this is a movie that I could watch on mute and just recite every line as the actors are saying it. I think I've seen it so many times. Also, very influential crush for everyone in our yeah. every guy Randy in our Peppercorn. Oh. Yeah, but goodness. I used to in college. I had this big like tapestry, like you know those like huge like blanket things that people had, and it was all like mm-hmm. Grateful Dead hippie. Like, look, I have tie dye <laughs> on my wall. It's so sick. Yeah. But it was just Squint's face when he was looking at Wendy Peppercorn <laughs> on my wall. I loved it. It was one of my favorite things. I think I gave it to a kid who, like, moved into our house. But, yeah, it was yeah. just that movie. Just so good. And what it's an just, incredibly perfect childhood movie. And it's just so catered to, like, only our generation. Like, my little brother watched it, and it just, like, really wasn't for him. And, like, my dad was like, you know what? I've never seen The Sandlot. I'm like, yeah, it's not really made for you. It's kind of just people that were born between 1990 and 1999, and that's it. It's so... Which is weird because it takes place in the 60s. Right, yeah. It doesn't make any sense, but it's just so, it was, mm-hmm. it's so alike, all those, like, 90s, like, yeah. Little Big League, Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, I had to stop myself from putting all of those movies on this list, by the way. I was like, I can't do just all baseball. So like, yeah. the Sandlot is the one that I'm the Sandlot's the one that I'm choosing. But yeah, I, I think it's one of those that if you don't have nostalgia for it, you're probably like, Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's like space but jam. Like, it's like space jam. Yeah. But yeah. if you watched it as much as we did as a kid, it's like, oh, that's the best movie of all time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Sandlot. Yeah. Um, okay, my number four, it's one of my idols. It's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Came yeah. out in 1986. Well, why isn't this on my yeah, list? What the hell? <laughs> Direct- this is a mistake by me. Greatest. I'll just go ahead and say it. It's John Hughes' greatest movie. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you have to say, Breakfast Club fans. Uh, directed by John oh Hughes. God, it's so much better than The Breakfast Club. Uh, <laughs> starred Matthew Broderick, Alan Ruck, Mia Sarah, uh, Jeffrey Jones, Jennifer Grey, who I had a huge crush on when I was like real young. Even though I was she about was, to like, say that about Mia Sarah. Even though she was like, <laughs> like five years younger than my parents. I had a huge crush <laughs> on like eighties Jennifer gray. Uh, after high school slacker Ferris Bueller successfully fakes an illness in order to skip school for the day. He goes on a series of adventures throughout Chicago with his girlfriend Sloan and best friend Cameron, all the while trying to outwit his Willie school principal and fed up sister. This, I mean, this movie, when I say it was influential to me, like, it was kind of almost dangerously influential. And like, I tried to live my life like Ferris Bueller when I was in high school, this movie just was like, my parents loved it. They showed it to me at a very young age. I just gravitated to it because of course, like, like when you watch this as a kid, Ferris Bueller is the coolest character of all time. He's just, he's so great. Um, And then I think, did we, we sorted him into Slytherin, didn't we? One of us For had him sure. on Slytherin, but like he is just like the perfect example of just like this, like yeah, he's like kind of lying and scheming his way through life, but it's pretty amazing what like everyone wanted to be Ferris Bueller. It's just so fun. It's so easy to rewatch. Like for me, like rewatchable movies are you can watch in the background and not have to pay attention. For mm-hmm. me, this is another movie where like. I can close my eyes and picture exactly what's happening with all the dialogue. Cause I've seen it so many yep. times. Um, but yeah, this is so amazing. I love this movie. Uh, Alan Ruck is hilarious. Mia Sarah mm-hmm. is just drop dead gorgeous. It's just so like just living. Like I wish I could live my life in 1986 Chicago, like just for a yep. day. 
Like skipping school in Chicago. How good is that parade scene? Dude? Oh my gosh, the parade, the Cubs game. Like, okay, I'm gonna skip class. I'm gonna go to Wrigley Field. I'm gonna invade a parade. I'm gonna that scene. There's like a a part where it's like, okay, let's get real serious. And John Hughes is gonna just show off. Like, yeah, I can make these high school movies. I'm also one of the greatest directors of all time. The art, the art museum scene, just so mm-hmm. amazing. It's just so good. It's this movie cracks me up. It's it's amazing. It makes me feel good. It's like eating yeah. like like pie, like a piece of apple pie. It's just so it just makes me feel so good. I love this movie so much. Yeah. It's a really great movie that I'm bummed is not on my list. It very much should be. Can we find, we gotta the, find somebody Yeah, the one the, person. <laughs> There's the, got to be yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, almost certainly. I don't I've not I don't, seen it. I'm looking at my letterbox right now. There's not one person who hasn't seen this movie. <laughs> we'll find somebody. Um Okay, my number four is another heavy dose of nostalgia. It's The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah, uh, another one. Why did I not have this on my list? Dang it. The freaking Criterion DVD right next to me. <laughs> 1987, directed by Rob Reiner, stars Carrie Elwes, Robin Wright, Mandy Patinkin, has a 4.1 on Letterboxd. In this enchantingly cracked fairy tale, the beautiful Princess Buttercup and the dashing Wesley must overcome staggering odds to find happiness amid six-fingered swordsmen, murderous princes, Sicilians, and rodents of unusual size. But even death can't stop these true lovebirds from triumphing. Another movie that I have just seen a hundred times. I watched it a ton as a kid. It's very much a comfort movie for me. It's funny. It's like fantastical and it's charming and it's just... It's lovely. Everything about this movie, I love it so, so much. It's incredibly rewatchable. Yeah, it's... Well, there you go. You got me back because I think I had this on my rom-com, on the rom-com episode, and you were pissed that you didn't have it on that or something. I don't know. Something like that. I think it... It got I counted think because, out or something. I think I like... Yeah, it didn't qualify because I stuck to the letterboxed yeah. rankings or whatever. So. Uh, but yeah, that's such... Oh, that is such a fantastic movie. If anyone loves that movie, highly suggest getting the Criterion DVD because the cover looks like the cover of the book the da- the granddad is reading to the kids. So when you open the DVD to get... Like, to put it in, you have to open the case like a book. It's so yeah. very cool. Yeah. But that's my number four. Nice. Um, okay. My number three... The only, like, I guess you could count this as a thriller, maybe. Um, it's a heist movie. It's Ocean's Eleven. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, dang it. Came out. <laughs> so Freaking I, dang it. this beat my, my franchise, quote-unquote franchise, because yeah. I can watch the next two very easily without, like, having, like, this is, the Ocean's 12 and 13 are also very rewatchable, and I kind of just don't count oceans eight um because i hate women obviously and also it's just not a good movie uh but oceans 11 came out in 2001 directed by steven soderberg uh maybe the one of the most underrated directors i feel like he doesn't get talked about a lot um soderberg what did i say did i say it wrong soderberg wow i thought i said soderberg (laughs) uh less than 24 (laughs) hours into his parole cryers mag thief danny ocean is already rolling out his next plan, in one night, Danny's handpicked crew of specialists will attempt to steal more than $150 million from three Las Vegas casinos, but to score the cash, Danny risks his chances of reconciling with ex-wife Tess. Starring 
George Clooney, Brad Pitt, <laughs> Matt Damon, A- Matt Damon, Andy Garcia, Julia Roberts, Bernie Mac, Elliot Gould, Carl Reiner, Don Cheadle, Scott Kahn, Casey Affleck, <laughs> like Eddie Jameson, uh, Shabo Quinn, Michael Delano. This like talk about a freaking cast. Like this might have every ensemble movie beat with Clooney and Clooney and Pitt alone. But you also mm-hmm. bring in Julia Roberts. It is. This movie is just so great. It's so fun to watch. The the heist, like the event of the heist is so fun. The planning is amazing. Um, the chemistry between Clooney and Pitt where they just don't even have to talk to each other is just some of the most amazing directorial stuff I've ever seen in my entire life. It's just, mm. it is so good. It's, it's a perfect heist movie. And I don't have a problem watching this and then watching 12 and 13 because guess what? I think 12 is a five-star movie. I think 13 is a five-star movie. I just love all of these characters, and it's just amazing. I can't remember what TV show it is, but it's not Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but it's like a show like that where there's one character that's just like, yeah, Ocean's Eleven. We're doing an Ocean. Oh, it's Community, (laughs) and it's someone's (laughs) like, we're doing the Ocean's Eleven, the Julia Roberts movie where her and 11 other guys pull a bank it's just so funny that he referred to it as julia the julia roberts movie um but yeah it's just this movie is just so fun to rewatch, and it's really not that long for like usually heist movies are longer because you have to explain the heist but it's just like real quick uh soderbergh really cuts like every the editing like i said like i only notice editing when it's like really bad or really good the editing's really great um, the music's so fun to listen to. That like jazzy, weird, synthy music. It's yeah. just this movie's just so fun to watch. Yeah, man, what a great picture. Probably should be on my list. Who hasn't but, seen Ocean's Eleven? There's got to be. Somebody. Oh, I found I found somebody. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, Danny, we have yeah. to do this movie. It's on the list. Um, <laughs> my number three. Another incredibly nostalgic movie for me. I feel like I watched this in every history class I've ever had. It's A Knight's Tale. Okay. 2001, nice. directed by Brian Helgeland, stars Heath Ledger, Rufus Sewell, Shannon Sossman. is at 3.4 on Letterboxd. William Thatcher, a peasant, is sent to apprentice with a knight named Hector as a young boy. Urged by his father to change his stars, he assumes Sir Hector's place in a tournament. When Hector dies, in the middle of it, he wins. With the other apprentices, he trains and assumes the title of Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, criminally underrated by critics. I, I, I'm still angry and will forever be angry that it's Rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. That's so stupid. I'm sorry. I hate yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's yeah. so dumb. I love that, that Brian added the letterboxed averages into the movie mm-hmm. draft this year because yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is just so egregious with their ratings. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, a Night's Tale Rules. It's one of my favorite movies. I love it a lot. I rewatch this one all the time. This one definitely makes me cry, but none of them are gut punch cries. They're all like, I'm proud of you moment cries, I which know. always just kind of feel good. When he says, your son told me to tell you that he changed his stars, like yeah. that, that pretty much destroys me. <laughs> yes, but you don't feel bad about it afterwards. No. It's not one that you have to like recover from, so I'm okay <laughs> with it. Like I, this made my movies that make me cry list for yeah. that episode that we did. So like, it definitely makes me cry, but it I don't like. It's not a bad cry, right? 
Um, it's not like a Star is Born to Cry. <laughs> you just feel like crap for that me. For, I'm never watching um, that movie again. <laughs> no, 100%. That's not. so good, uh, but I'm never watching it again. I'll just listen yeah. to the soundtrack. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, but A Night's Tale Rules. I love this movie. I love Heath Ledger in this. I love Shannon Sossman in this. Alan Tudyk is so freaking fun. Dude, I'm telling this. you, you need to start watching, um, what did I, Alien Resident, that show that I was talking about. On the last mm-hmm. We Should Watch a Movie episode. You need to watch it. I think Alan Tudyk is a very underrated actor. Alan Tudyk rules. Also an incredible voice actor. Oh, he's it, one of those dudes that you you look at his IMDb and it's like he has voiced everything. Yeah, he's the he's kind of like Bill Hader. Like Bill Hader is one of those where like, oh, yeah. he did all of the sounds for all of the robots in the Star Wars movies. Like that, yeah. like he's crazy. Alan Tudyk is so talented and he is not used nearly enough like on like in live action movies yeah he's great in it paul bettany is great so funny um it's mark cool. addy is just the reliable best friend keeps his set on straight type guy it's rufus sewell the is Lance. an incredible villain hello, hello. <laughs> so good. rufus sewell incredible villain shannon sossman is gorgeous oh. and such a fun oh love gosh. interest for heath ledger's character when they dance to go- like yeah. i love the the music the the mix of like pop mm-hmm. into this and when they dance to golden years it's like yeah oh oh crap is this like yeah. the greatest movie ever made <laughs> yeah everything about a night's tale is so great from start to finish i love that movie so much who hasn't seen night's tale that's what we should do <laughs> did uh i text so i watched that recently and i messaged you in the discord i think in the mad about movies discord um but I was watching it and I was listening to Heath Ledger with that kind of like, he had kind of like a, a posh English accent, mm-hmm. like a little bit more high class from like where he is now or like what he's portrayed to be as in that movie. And I was thinking like, dude, what if like Heath Ledger was Thor? Like, what if that had happened? Yeah. Like, I feel like I'd be into it. Look, I love Chris Hemsworth, but like, Heath Ledger as Thor with like the same hair he had in a night sale. Like mm. I'm not saying it would be better, but like it'd be pretty sick. Maybe. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> but that's my number three. All right. My number two, just close your eyes and think about Glenn Powell. It's everybody wants some, uh, came out in 2016 <laughs> directed by the greatest director of all time. Richard Linkletter. A comedy that follows a group of friends as they navigate their way through the freedoms and responsibilities of unsupervised adulthood. Starring Blake Jenner, your girl Zoe Deutsch, Ryan Guzman, Tyler Heichel, Jay Quentin Johnson. I don't I think Hecklin. that's Ty. Is that Tyler Hecklin? No, that's Dale. No, no, Quentin Johnson. He's the No, I just you said baseman. Tyler you said Tyler Heichel, isn't it? Was I Tyler Hecklin. I said Hocklin. You said a Heichel. Oh my I did not say Heichel. Check the tape. Check the tape on that. Uh, Glenn Powell, Wyatt <laughs> this Russell. This happens every week. What's going on in your brain? I don't care. I just don't even care anymore. I'm like two beers deep now, so just roll with it. Glenn Powell, wow. Fifth. One, two, three, four, mm. five, six. Six credited. He's like the third main character in this. Yeah, uh, number one in my heart. <laughs> nice. Uh, Wyatt Russell. This, I mean, look, again, it's a baseball movie. But it's not really a baseball movie, but it really is, like, maybe mm-hmm. the most honest baseball movie of all time. Because <laughs> guess what? These are what baseball players are like. Um, it's just so fun to watch. Richard Linkletter is so good at just making, like, hey, here's what's happening on this day and this year. Yeah. That's it. That's what's happening on this day and this year. 
And of course he does this thing where like he puts in like his message for the movie is just so quickly brushed over in like these small conversations and then immediately turns into like, Hey, let's get wasted or like something like that. Like, like the whole message of the movie is frontiers are where you find them. That's the professor writes it on the wall and then the immediately cuts the main character and he goes to sleep. Like you only see it for like maybe a second. It's, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. But this movie is just so fun. It's hilarious watching these kids walk around what is now Texas State, or it was what yeah. South Texas in in this movie. Yeah. Um, like but it was, I mean, it's San Marcos, Texas, walking around finding different bars. Like this is just so fun. It's kind of a spiritual sequel to Days Confused that was set in the seventies. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, Richard Linkletter. He's He's a genius. In my mind, he's the greatest director of all time. But it's just, this movie is just so great. It's so fun. There's no plot at all. You're just hanging out with mm-hmm. these, this baseball team the entire time. And it's it's fun. Listening to Glenn Powell just talk BS the entire time. Yeah. He just BSs <laughs> everybody the whole so movie. Great. I love him. <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite Linklater by a lot. Yeah. I like kind of a lot, which I, I know mo- almost few people are going to agree with that. But this movie is just so specific to what I like out of a movie. It's, it's my, it's my I mean, it's my number, bunch. it's my number four Linklater movie for sure. Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah. still like, it, I have it at four and a half. Yeah. So but it's, it's so like, good that you're yeah. not like shocked or aggrieved when I say that it's my favorite. Yeah. It's like, it's that good. It's so. fantastic. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, okay, my number two is one of my favorite movies of all time, despite the terrible people in the cast. It's uh, Baby Driver. Uh, 2017, <laughs> directed by Edgar Wright, stars Ansel Elgort, uh, Kevin Spacey, uh, but, uh, but Lily James. There you go. There you go. She redeems it. Uh, you get to see Lily a, James in black and white standing next to that car. It's worth it. Goodness. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, 3.8 on Letterboxd. After being coerced into working for a crime boss, a young getaway driver finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail. This movie is a, an absolute blast. It's so incredibly cool. Everything yeah. about this movie is so cool. The way that Edgar Wright uses music, there's so many like little clever things that you watch it like for the fifth time. You're like, oh, I didn't notice that from last time it's just and, and that's one of the things that makes it rewatchable is there's so many like little dumb hidden things that like aren't really a big deal and don't affect it a ton but when you realize it's there you're like oh that's pretty cool like at pretty much every line of dialogue that baby says is something that he heard either somebody else say or heard in a movie or heard in a song earlier yeah. in the movie which is just a cool little like probably not super necessary but it's a very cool touch that like you notice on the fifth watch and go oh wow that's interesting um i just the car chases look cool the characters are all really cool and are all played so well edgar wright just directs the absolute crap out of this movie uh i and despite the <laughs> the weird vibes from ansel Elgort and kevin spacey that they i just give off as humans this movie absolutely rules so hard i love it a lot hey you there's a payoff you get to see kevin spacey brutally run over by a car twice mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> It rules. It's very cool looking. When I went and saw this, I went and saw this in theaters. I already knew who Edgar Wright was because of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. And I was like, okay, I don't really know who this Ansel Elgort kid is or Lily James. I had never heard of her. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I went and saw this movie, and it's like immediately when Bell Bottoms started playing and he started like <laughs> dancing in the car, I was like, oh, oh crap. Like yeah. this. Oh, this rules. <laughs> this yeah. is unreal. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, yeah. not a surprise that Ansel Elgort kind of sucks in everything where his entire dialogue is composed of stuff he's heard and doesn't <laughs> yeah. really talk. It's really not surprising that like, Oh, he's a brick wall. And yeah, and, a big, big, big point of his character yeah. in baby driver is that he's awkward and uncharismatic. Yeah. So, and it's like, it's perfect. Oh, that's just him as a human in West side story. <laughs> no Gosh. wonder he could play a psychopath so well, <laughs> but John Ham, that's my number. Let's talk about John Ham, dude. John Ham like, rules in this movie. It, I I'm kind of pissed that he hasn't gotten any like villain roles after that because he's amazing. Yeah. He's a great villain. Jamie Fox is oh, great. Jamie in this Fox as, is as like a bad guy. Actually, terrifying in this movie. Yeah, Aza Gonzalez is so good in this movie. How about the um, uh, one guy who bought all the Mike Myers mask and he, <laughs> he bought all Austin Powers mask? He's like it's the dude <laughs> from Austin Powers, Mike Myers. <laughs> stupid <laughs> yeah it's it's funny the music is cool the way that he integrates the music into the like, actual story is really cool the idea of just this like he has tinnitus so he's always got headphones in yeah. and it helps him dry it's just the whole everything about it is so cool i love baby driver oh sorry i just spilled my drink on myself um that's okay <laughs> my number sorry the beard gets in the way sometimes uh my number one Another Linklater movie, my favorite Linklater movie, it's Days of Confused. Came nice. out in 1993, directed by Linklater. The adventures of a group of Texas teens on their last day of school in 1976, centering on student Randall Floyd, who moves easily among stoners, jocks, and geeks. Floyd is a star athlete, but he also likes smoking weed, which presents a conundrum when his football coach demands he sign a no-drug pledge. Um, starring Jason London, Roy Cochran... Willie Wiggins, Sasha Jensen, Michelle Burke, Adam Goldberg, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Mila, Mila Jovovich, Anthony Rapp, Ben Affleck, Parker Posey, Joey Lauren Adams. Like this yeah, movie, cast. yeah, this movie's amazing. This is like when I think of Linklater, is the first movie I think of. When I think of my childhood, this is the first movie I think of because it's based like it's based on two high schools in Houston. One of which is the high school I went to, which. A lot of the stuff that happened in this movie that was made in the 90s based in the 70s still happened in the 2010s. It's This movie is just a very personal to me, and I love rewatching it so much. It's I've been watching this since I was way too young to watch this. Yeah. Um, it's so amazing. I remember growing up, I had the, the album. I would listen to the album all the time. It's just maybe my most quoted movie, possibly. Um, between this or the social network this is in my top four on letterbox i love days and confused so much it is fantastic i think it's a perfect movie it's just a slice of life there's no plot nothing happens you're just hanging out with these kids on the last day of school in 1976 and that's it and it's so freaking fun it's just a lot of fun yeah, that's a really great pick. I haven't seen it in a while, actually, now that I think about it. But I I've, I mean, I've seen this movie five, six times in my life. I've seen it a bunch. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a minute. I'm due for a rewatch, I think. Shout out to Synonauts. They did a recent episode, or not recent. I guess it was a while yeah. back. But they did an episode yeah. on this, and it was awesome. Yeah, really good episode. 
Uh, cool. My number one, no surprise to anybody that's ever met me before, it's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, it's my favorite movie. I, I always talk about, like, Lord of the Rings is my favorite series of movies. Um, and, but if I'm just talking about, like, one, if I had to just pick one movie to say that's my favorite, it's Spider-Verse. It's a absolutely perfect movie for a million different reasons the animation is so unique and eye-catching and it like pops off the screen the way that they like turned literally turned a comic book into a movie yeah (laughs) it's it's so impressive and so incredible the voice acting is perfect the storyline they tell is unique from this spider-man perspective because it's not just like oh let's follow quippy peter parker around which like i love i love spider-man a lot but this is so different you know what i mean like it's such a fun unique perspective uh it just highlights a character that i had never heard of before this movie came out and now is my favorite superhero like the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man is my favorite superhero ever. And it's largely because of, because of this movie. Um, also, this is kind of perfect time for timing for this episode. Cause literally just yesterday I finished the Miles Morales video game, like the PlayStation five game. I finished it last night after we finished recording, we should watch a movie. Um, so kind of could not come at a better time because it just gave me another perspective on a character that I love because it told a whole new story of Miles Morales and like you get to experience life as this character. I just, I love it. I love everything about this movie. I would watch this movie every single day and never get tired of it. I tell everybody in the world that, to watch this movie. I judge people harshly if they don't give it five stars on Letterboxd. Like I get, I get a little annoyed if someone gives it less than five stars and I just start like coming up with arguments in my head that I have to restrain myself from messaging them. Cause I'm like, it's a freaking perfect movie, you idiot. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but I love this movie a lot. It's so, so perfect. You know, it's, you know, Miles Morales, like when it was made for the comics, he's based off Donald Glover. Really? Yeah. See so, that rules. So there was this whole thing. Donald Glover talks about it in his standup. Um, that that Comedy Central stand-up yeah. that's like 30 minutes long. What did Michael Sarah play Shaft? Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like the whole internet went off because someone was like, hey, Donald Glover should play Spider-Man. And Marvel mm-hmm. Comics was like, yeah, he should. Let's create a black Spider-Man. <laughs> and it's Miles Morales. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's such. A, I I've never been a comics guy. I've never really wanted to read comics book comic books. I have considered like I'll just read the Miles Morales comic. Every comic that he's in, I think it's Ultimate really Spider Man. It. It's pretty good. Cool. I think it's Ultimate Spider Man. I might be just, wrong. Especially after playing that game, I'm just like I want to know more about this incredible character. It's um, it's great. It's just the only thing I hate about that character is his dad's name is uh, Jefferson Davis, Jefferson Davis, which was the president of the Confederate States (laughs) of America. And he's a black person. Like that's the only, the only thing that pisses me off about, about that. It's just like, come on, y'all are, y'all all all took us history in high school. Y'all should know this. Yeah. It's very weird, but I just, I love the idea of an Afro Latino Spider-Man. I think the whole, it's just, it's incredible though. Another movie that integrates music in a really cool and interesting and like kind of incredible way into the, into the storyline. Um, I just, I, everything about Spider-Verse is perfect. I kind of hope that we get, I kind of hope and hope we don't get a live action Miles Morales movie. Because, mm-hmm. one, the Spider-Man MCU movies have been so successful. 
Yeah. That Sony's just going to do like, well, if it's Miles Morales, we're doing it. And then it's just like, oh, Sony. I don't want Sony to do, to do it. it. Yeah. yeah. I don't want a Sony live action Miles Morales movie. But if Marvel were to do it, though. Hey, who knows? It could be great. Apparently, Spy- Ama- The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is good, according to Boom. I don't know. Like, <laughs> we don't have to Apparently, it's supposed to be good. I don't know why she keeps saying that. but. <laughs> Gosh. All right, we've gone way over time. Our guest is waiting on us. We're 20 minutes late with that. So we're going we're gonna to take a break real quick. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with me and Ty as we power rank our uh, the most rewatchable movies for us. I think we're already kind of talking about having to do a part two to this episode because there were about like 20 movies that were mentioned uh, that we are just mad at ourselves that we didn't put on our list. So probably going to have to revisit this uh, at some point in the future. Uh, we're going to be joined here in just a second by Sean Blandford, a.k.a. Movie Burb on Twitter and Instagram. That's uh, B-I-R-B. Uh, and also movieburb.com. He has a lot of fun insight on different movie festivals and stuff that he hits up. And so he's he's about to give us uh, some of his recommends for movies that he has seen that are going to be more widely available here soon. Um, and so we, we love Sean. Super thankful for having him on. Make sure you're following at movieburb. Check out movieburb.com. Support our good buddy, Sean. Uh, wanted to jump in here, let you guys know next week's episode, we are going to be ranking uh, travel destinations. Uh, so really just places that we would like to travel to someday, just like, I guess, dream vacations. Um, and we're going to be joined by Bex, and we're super excited. Everybody loves Bex. We haven't had her on in a while, so we're super, super stoked to talk to her about places that we uh, might want to travel to someday. Um, if you have any ideas for an episode that you think we should do, if you want to share your rankings with us, if you just want to talk with us, if you want to yell at us about how bad our Pokemon <laughs> lists were, uh, join our Discord. It's totally free. Uh, you can find the links to that, or the invite links to that in our social media bios at RankingsPod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find it in the show notes uh, of this episode. There should be a link there for you to just join it real quick. Um, All right, back to the episode. And we are back with this week's special guest judge. Uh, It is movie burb himself, Sean Blanford. What's up, buddy? What is up, rankings? It is a pleasure to always be a guest on your magnificent podcast. And I'm excited to be talking about uh, (laughs) a subject that will be hard to judge. I I will put that up front. Yeah. Magnificent yeah, this... is a strong word. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for lying to us to make us feel better. It means a lot. We really hey, appreciate it. I love buttering you guys up. It's fine. You know? It's great. We so, don't really get it a lot. Because, you know, when Tobin comes on, he's just like, y'all are stupid. This is ridiculous. Like, that's hey, especially after good. last week, dude. Marcy just dunked yeah. on us last week. So this feels yeah. good. This is nice. I am here as your ego boost for, for what Marcy did to you guys last week. That's what I need. I need an ego boost. You don't. God, you need more Marcy's tearing you down. You need something to bring you down to earth a little bit. Goodness gracious. Uh, Sean, think, it's been a minute, man. Uh, like we, We've had you. This is your third, fourth appearance? Third time. Uh, I always last, love having you on. Yeah, it, it's always great to be on. Like I said, last episode was the 2016 films. Yeah. Which okay. I think was the second to last of that of that ilk. I kind of killed the brand. So hey, you know what? <laughs> I'll take it. It wasn't. We... No one killed the brand. It was kind of just like, do we want to do these anymore? <laughs> I'm getting like I'm getting tired of these. Our lists are getting more and more similar. How much further do we have to go back till we could just stop? Well, and and famously, Danny hasn't seen many films since like before exactly. 2012. So 
exactly. I was running out of movies, dude. Well, I was gonna have to start watching movies to make a top ten list. It would have been rough. Well, get ready because we're doing a decade list next month. I won't say what decade it is, but we are doing a Wait, decade. Are list. we really? Pre two thousand twelve. Are we really? Yep. Uh-oh. I don't remember this. I don't. Did I sign off on this? Yeah, you came up with the idea, which is insane. I don't remember this at all. I'm not kidding. I do not remember coming up with this idea. Was it cool. like a, a voice message that you sent Ty at like two in the morning? You're like half asleep. It'd be like decades list. Let's do it. Probably. Oh, what a mistake that's going to be. Uh, uh, for the Sean, content. Yeah, I guess. Well, the things I do for this show, you know, I talk to Ty every week and I like watch old movies sometimes. It's hey, we had to really both... sacrifice it a lot for this, this show. We had to both fake like we knew literally anything about pokemon last week so uh, i didn't think anything i openly was just like hey heads up i don't know but i don't know anything about pokemon dude oh what a bad episode that was goodness gracious um sean you you hit a lot of movie festivals um it's kind of that's you have built a fun following uh, because of the different movie festivals that you go to, so have, I wanted to ask you. We like we love asking you this as you uh, every time you come on. Like, which ones have you hit lately that have been like highlights? And then, like, what movies do we have to look forward to as they become more widely available? Yeah. So over the last year, especially with like COVID and everything, movie festivals have become a lot more easily accessible mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like being able to take part in them digitally. Uh, this yeah. last year. Uh, Sundance was 100% digital again, and now um, South By did a hybrid of uh, some virtual, some in person, so I was actually in Austin uh, for South By this last year, and uh, yeah, last month, it it was a a lot of fun. Like, that city must have been a hassle to be in. It was it was fun, and luckily I got out of town about two days before the tornadoes came through. Oh, so yeah. hey, I, yeah. I I'll cut myself lucky. But yeah, this was actually my first time in 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 Austin, and my my first time as a long stay in Texas in general. So when I uh, posted my photo of my first Whataburger experience in the Discord, everybody was heck yeah, like yeah, there you go. Now you're an official Texan, and it was fine. It was good. <laughs> oh come on, it was good. <laughs> Like it's better than the crap we have up here in Minnesota, so you know we'll we'll take it. Not a big juicy Lucy guy. I I am a juicy Lucy guy, but for fast food, like we don't have anything yeah. fun like that. Like we're we're pretty much McDonald's, Burger King, and maybe the occasional Sonic, but that's about it. Bummer, uh, dude. There's a Sonic on every street corner <laughs> up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every small town has a Sonic. Uh, um, were there any standouts at South by this year? Yeah, actually, um, I made an unofficial top 10 from South by slash Sundance. So um, I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off of this one now because I know it's kind of a sore spot for you, Danny, and I apologize in advance for bringing this up. But um, Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Uh, When can I see it? I want to see it so bad. I'm dying to watch this movie. I I tried my hardest to grease the wheels of whoever Uh, I needed to talk to at Apple. I was like, my friend Danny said he was going to break my kneecaps if I couldn't (laughs) get this to him early. And he said June 17th was the best I could do. Oh, that's what we're trying for June 17th, that's It's coming to Apple TV June 17th. It's still too long. It's two months. It's very long. And what about the, uh, wasn't there a Jesse, there was like a weird Jesse Eisenberg movie that I felt like 
the synopsis look cool, but I think that was that was that uh, Sundance. Sundance. I'm trying to pull that up really quick. Um, that one was okay. Um, I remember that was the Jesse Eisenberg, um, Julianne Moore film. Yeah, and he directed that, uh, too, right? That he directed, yeah. I remember really liking the idea. It was, um, yeah, I really liked the idea, but it was just um, very unlikable characters. When you're finished saving the world is what it's called. Yeah. Um, It was, it was Finn Wolfhard was the star and he was the son of a social worker who is Julianne Moore and he's kind of like a airheaded youtube sensation who does music but doesn't know much about anything else and i like the idea but just mm. not any of the characters so there wasn't like anything really to grasp onto so essentially jesse eisenberg in a nutshell <laughs> okay yeah yeah that's fair that's fair okay um so a, a few that are coming out soon first one from south by the new nick cage film the unbearable way to mass of talent mm-hmm that is, if you are a Nick Cage person, um, that one's definitely for you. It is definitely Nick Cage at his Nick Cageiest, and it's <laughs> nice. him playing himself. So you know it, it's good. That's coming out on uh, the twenty second of April. Oh, cool! Soon. And, yep, and then also on the twenty second, this is one that played in Toronto, but I know a lot of you guys have seen already. Um, Celine Siamas Petit Maman. Oh yeah. Oh, I have not I seen, seen that, but I'm really excited to. Okay, yeah, yeah, that is that is finally coming out in the states. Like it's been coming out everywhere else except here, but it's finally coming out on uh, the 22nd. So that's really. Isn't exciting. it also only like 80 minutes no, or something? Danny, it's, it's 75. Yeah. Shout out to the Queen Celine Siam. Are you kidding me? Yeah, she's she's great at like small cast, tight story. Yeah. Like really really great stuff and she's gonna be coming up a little later on my list so sit tight it's sweet it's pretty cool um if you're a horror fan there are a couple really good horror films uh a film called duel uh that comes out this friday it stars karen gillen um as a woman who in the near future has to battle her clone to the death to see who gets to survive so essentially so it's like, like gemini man. is Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So, so if you so it's it's a per, if you are like terminally ill, you have the opportunity to create a clone of yourself. But if for some reason, like with Karen Gillan's character, like the 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 diagnosis goes well, you can't have the original and the clone both alive. So you battle to the death to see who who stays alive, and also has Aaron oh Paul gosh. in it. So that's pretty cool. Is it like that in front? Do you have the intense. battle to the death like in front of people? Is it like an event? Oh yeah, like the opening scene of the film is is uh, the original and a clone on a football field with oh, like I'm so into this with with commentators and everything. And again, it's like ninety minutes, so it's like I'm so into the perfect this. film because it's everybody's in wheelhouse. Um, God, yeah, it's great. Uh, on the opposite end, there's another good horror film called Hatching. Uh, it's a Finnish film. Again, nice and short, but it's about a young girl who hatches a bird monster out of a giant egg. So, so, okay. no, so it's I'm like pretty busy, I think, the, actually. The is this A24? No, but <laughs> it, it, it very well could be. Yeah. So it's like, um, what, neon, probably? Yeah, something like yeah. that. But 
yeah, it, it's it's pretty crazy. And again, it's something that it would would perfectly fit into the the A twenty four. Yeah, uh, I actually spectrum. have a lot going on. I just don't think I really have time to see like every movie, you know. So I'm probably gonna have to skip that one, unfortunately. Oh, sad. <laughs> um, a couple others. That's there's. It, it's a little girl and a bird monster. What's it's what's just, not to love? It's just like it's just like hey, Danny, here's everything you hate about movies, and we put it into one of them. <laughs> well, I, I I remember famously Ty's reaction to watching Titan for the first time. Oh, so oh. I mean. <laughs> Sorry to, to sorry to rip off that bandaid again. That movie is just <laughs> I I don't um, like it. I don't like it. You don't. I, hey, you know what? I I get it. Like it's a hundred percent subjective. Like movies like yeah. that is is you like it or you don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. a couple others really quick. Uh, from Sunday from South by uh, a twenty four film called Bodies Bodies Bodies. Oh, um, the Rachel Sinat movie. Yes, uh, that's cool. going to be coming out in August. Okay. Uh, yeah, Rachel Sinat, uh, Maria Bakalova, Amanda Lestenberg, and essentially it's a bunch of girls who get together at a hurricane party. They play a social deduction game that gets a little too real. Um, mm. So that's really cool. And then the last one is a, a documentary that's been kind of hitting a lot of the festivals. It, there isn't a release date on it yet. It was picked up by Nat Geo. Um, it's called um, Fire of Love. And it's a story of these two volcanologists who oh, basically meet yeah. and they get married and then they like travel around the world to like different volcanoes when they're erupting. So I think that's going to be coming out sometime later this summer. Yeah. I want to see that. Cool. That looks awesome. Yeah. And Nat Geo, that was, that, is Nat Geo, oh, is that the one that's owned by Disney? So it'll probably be on Disney Plus, right? Or is it? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's Nat Geo and Discovery, so... Uh, but yeah, that'll probably be hitting hitting uh, Disney Plus sometime this summer. Heck yeah. Sweet, that one sounds fun. Well, cool. Thanks, Sean. We always love getting those uh, fun little insights because <laughs> we have a, a lot of movie fans, but not a lot of them are are doing the festival circuit. So appreciate it. I always yeah. um, you also every time the festival circuit comes around, I always forget about it, and it's just like I could have bought a ticket to Cha Cha Real Smooth, and I forgot, and I'm so pissed at myself. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it so bad. Me man. too. <laughs> uh, you also, you've been posting on your Twitter a whole bunch about something called the banana meter. Can you, what's the banana yeah. meter? So banana meter, it uh, started at the beginning of this year. Uh, there's a, a gentleman named Ricky Valero who runs the Music City Drive-In website as well as the North American Film Critics Association. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I want to do something really crazy because Rotten Tomatoes sucks. Yeah. And I want to create an alternative. So he was like, hey, if you want to be a part of this, send me a DM and let me know. Uh, I sent him a DM right away, and it has grown now in the last three months to over 200 different uh, film critics, uh, YouTubers, bloggers, podcasters worldwide. And we make it so everybody has a, a voice. It's like a, it's a really great sense of community of helping each other out with connections and things like that, but also kind of a simpler way to understand what is a good movie to us. And it's not, and, and the, the best part about it is it's a lot of independent writers and a lot of independent mm-hmm. YouTubers. So it's nobody tied to like big newspapers or big distributors or anything like that. So it's a real independent voice of people just giving their opinions and letting people know what what's great about movies that people might have 
already had on the radar or something that you know they might not have heard before that they're excited about because we actually just added uh everything everywhere all at once um Sweet. the new Michelle Yeoh film to the meter a couple weeks blowing ago up right now because everybody was like yeah we need we need to talk about this so we added it because everybody wanted to talk about it and it's great if you haven't seen it it, it debuted at South by and it's definitely one that you should check out because I know a lot of people clamor for great independent non-IP films, and this mm. is definitely one that, that ticks all the boxes. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Okay, well, I'll I, make a blanket that... statement. From now on, Rankings is only using Letterbox and Banana Meter. From now on, we will no longer be mentioning <laughs> yeah. the evil empire of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Anything that replaces Rotten Tomatoes, I'm all for. Yeah. Score. I'll put I'm you down so as, a, as official sponsors. Absolutely. Sweet. Yeah, as long as that doesn't include money, we are so in. <laughs> Perfect. All right, because we can't afford you guys anyway. Oh, it's, Heard that, baby. I mean, honestly, just $5 would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> like a beer would be great. Uh, all right, Sean, we brought you on to talk rewatchable movies. Um, you know how the show works. You've been on a couple times. I'm going to read these out, labeled list A and list B, and then Ty and I are going to shut up for a bit. Um, you will go over our lists, uh, things you like, things you didn't like. You can go blanket statements. You can pick them apart one by one. doesn't matter. Kind of whatever you feel like doing. Uh, I know you brought your own list of rewatchable movies, so you can read that out at some point. The only thing you have to do is pick a winner, and it has to be one of our lists. Unfortunately, you cannot pick your own because of the Batman chain rule. Um, so if you are ready and there are no further questions, comments, concerns, I'll go ahead and read these lists out. Yeah, bring it. List A, the honorable mentions are The Natural, Moneyball, and Field of Dreams. Number 10 is Smoking the Bandit. Nine is 21 Jump Street. Eight is Hot Fuzz. Seven is Back to the Future. Six is Ratatouille. Five, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Four is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Three is Ocean's Eleven. Two is Everybody Wants Some. And number one is Dazed and Confused. List B, the honorable mentions are National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Elf, and The Santa Claus. Number 10 is Singing in the Rain. Nine is Big Fish. Eight is Chef, seven is Top Gun, six is Jurassic Park, five is The Sandlot, four is Princess Bride, three is A Knight's Tale, two is Baby Driver, and number one is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Sean, you have the floor. Perfect. So this is the part where I hate the rules because I would love to officially call this a tie, but I know that I can't. <laughs> um, the The thing about rewatchable films is what is a rewatchable film to the person that deems the film rewatchable? Is mm -hmm. it, I'm in the mood to watch something of this genre and that's the one that I always go to? Or is it the TNT FX Saturday movie of the week that always seems to be playing like once a month and you just throw it on because it's something that you could have in the background? Or is it something that, it's, it's a film that you generally love because in a way, like, this list could just be some sort of reconfiguration of your 10 favorite films of all time. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's really hard to even narrow it down to 10. So, like, looking at your list, like, I understand the themes of your honorable mentions, and I stuck to the bit, and I have a, a, a theme of my own. Yes, on, you're the on first. My honorable mentions. You're the first guest who has done that. Yeah. yeah. What? Damn. I've done the research. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm a professional here. Come on. Bless let's you. go. Everybody else, step up your game. Um, you hear that, Marcy? Yeah. I'm yeah. Marcy. Shane. Come on, Shane. 
Um, yeah, Shane, so, he won't listen to this for another three months because he's so behind yeah, on podcast. Shane's still in back November. I I'm, think, I'm so. gonna I'm gonna get a DM in like October of 2023. Like, dude, you're talking some smack on rankings episode, whatever. Yeah. I I can't I can't stand by it. Um, Except Shane's so nice that he'll be like, dude, you're talking smack about me, and that's okay. You have the right to do that. I love you. He's the nicest and here, let me send you a Criterion Citizen Kane DVD. <laughs> yeah, but also I don't like toasted bagels, and that's that's fine too. That's he a, loves that's a, a chewy a bagel. What a weird guy. <laughs> yeah. So if I have to choose a winner, and it was hard, and again, this is one of those things where I went into the list with my eyes closed, hoping I didn't know whose list was li- whose, but it was impossible because I know mm-hmm. your guys' taste. Mm-hmm. It kind of came down to the complete list and my personal taste. Okay. And by the narrowest of margins, I went with list B. Mm, yes. <laughs> Bang. It just, feels good. I, it feels good. Right. And just because of like that midsection of like Princess Bride, Sandlot, Jurassic Park, Chef, yeah. Big Fish, as well as the honorable mentions, because uh, Elf and Christmas Vacation are like two of my three favorite holiday films ever um but like list a like i love the addition of like ratatouille and ferris bueller and oceans 11 like those are like really strong films too and i'm sure that when you guys made these lists you did like what brian at mad about movies usually does and you start with a list of like 60 70 films yes and you whittle it down to to okay ten, but I hate myself for leaving off these fifteen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Immediately yeah. when I texted Danny my list, I was like, "Oh wait, no, no, no!" <laughs> like I tried, like I was just like, oh, "There are there are lots that we have thought of that are just like that should have been on my list." What the hell was I thinking? Yeah, so, yeah, and 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 funny one. enough, like I lo- I'm looking at my list, and none of my films are on your list, but I know that there are films that you love. Yeah, yeah, so. I'm going to go through really quick. My theme, it's a little convoluted, but I'm going with it. It's 2019 slash 2020 international films that I've already watched way too much. Okay. Okay. 2019. Um, Greatest year in movie history. Greatest year in movie history. Official, the official rankings opinion, 2019 best film in movie history. I agree with that. So uh, those are mentions are. That brings us some legitimacy, dude. When Sean Blandford (laughs) agrees with our our best year in movie take, we got a little bit of legitimacy. Because it's kind of just been Uh, us shouting into the void with no one paying attention. (laughs) Well, and I mean, like, 1999 is a great year in films, too. But when you look at 2019, top to bottom, like, I I looked at my letterbox when I did my audible mentions and 2019 legitimately had like 20 or 25 films that i listed as four and a half stars or higher yeah like Mm -hmm. it's just great so uh parasite portrait of a lady on fire and gaspar noe's climax are uh, my three honorable mentions there portrait is a super rewatchable for you i that movie wrecks me dude (laughs) I have a weird idea of what exactly is a rewatchable film, and this definitely falls into I have to be in the right mindset to watch it. But it's, like, one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen. And, yes, the ending always wrecks me, and that's fine. But if I'm in the mood for it, and if I'm, like, in the right mindset, I am 100% okay with it. Rewatchable is in the eye of the beholder, Danny. (laughs) Yeah, stupid. Shut up. 
I mean, it's one of my. I mean, I literally have the print over yeah, my right shoulder. I have it right over now. my like, desk, I, like right here. Yeah, <laughs> I dearly, like, I dearly love, love that, movie. that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I I could, would not call it rewatchable because it's like that's a movie that I finish and the the rest of my day is recovering from Portrait of a Lady. On I love it. That's yeah. my favorite movie of 2019. I love it. Yeah, it's it's, it's not quite like Manchester by the Sea. Like, yeah, I it's am a different destroyed kind of internally now, yeah. but. Yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. Uh, yeah. Speaking of films that wrecked me, um, number 10 on my list is Coda. Oh, my God. In the, last, in the last year, I've already watched that film five times. Okay. It's, okay. Uh, listen, uh, I, my, it's my, my number one of 2020. You know that. Like, I yeah. dearly, deeply. That's another one, though. It's like, it's going to take a while for me to recover from mm-hmm. this. Uh, number nine is The, uh, the Mighty Ducks. Yes. Because I'm, I'm a Minnesota boy. I'm so mad boy. this is not on my list. That's fine Oh yeah. The, yeah, I'm a Minnesota boy, and this was like the film of my childhood. Like, because yeah. it was recorded here, it was filmed here, it was shot, and and like I know the destinations of a lot of the places where it takes place, and I still quote it. Like, it it's great. Number I'm eight. A D, I'm a D two yeah. guy personally. D two. D two is really I, good. But I'm like, upset that the, it wasn't on my list. That was a huge oversight. D two number one because of Julie the cat Gaffney, who's my all time crush <laughs> of my childhood. <laughs> Yeah. Uh number eight, this is the uh the Meg Weber special I'm officially calling it. Uh number eight is Twilight. Oh, uh, I thought you were gonna say Elite Battle Angel. But <laughs> No, 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 no. Are you gonna join us uh for We Shall Watch a Movie next week as we like oh. watch Twilight? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm there. I'm Heck down. Yeah. Sean, um, I haven't Nick, seen yeah. Twilight since it came out in theaters. <laughs> when it was I, it's great because I I had only watched it once in theaters, and that was at, like, a midnight showing. Yeah. Where it's, like, the midnight crowd that likes to, like, rag on the movie the entire time. Mm. And everybody was just laughing the entire time. So, you like, you have a different perspective of what the film is when you're watching it with a big group that kind of get the bit. Yeah. That it's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's rewatchable because, you know, it's fun. And, and that's yeah. what it is. It's potato like chips. That. They're terrible oh, for totally. you, but you love eating it, them. Yeah, it's like Waterworld yeah. for me. I love watching that movie, and it is so bad. <laughs> um, number seven, another film that wrecks me, but again, it's a film that I have to be in the right men's set for, is Carol. Oh, uh, the Kate Blanchett. So uh, heavy, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm bringing, I'm, I'm bringing it down to the. I, I rewatch it when I need to cry, but. <laughs> Yeah, that'll it, make it, you cry. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's a holiday film, but also like again, mindset is key when you watch it, and uh, much like Portrait, it's it's such a beautiful movie with with two great performances that that I just love watching over and over. Um, number six, Inglorious Bastards, my yeah. my favorite. Um, nice. Quentin Tarantino. Uh, number five, Your Name, my favorite animated film. Ooh, oh God, Danny what a loves good movie. That movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number four, La La Land, my favorite musical. Oh, nice. love musical. That's a good pick. Me and Danny both love La La Land, even though yep. there's like a weird big group of people that hate that movie for some reason. I don't, I don't get it. Like these are the same people that were crapping all on Twitter about how Coda shouldn't be best picture because it's too mm-hmm. light and too fluffy, and it's like sometimes you just need to watch something and be happy. Yeah, like yeah. what's wrong? Let me with be that? happy, you jerks. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I get it. People want to be miserable all the time. That's fine. You be you in your corner. I'm going to smile and be happy, and that's totally fine as well. Yeah. Uh, Number three, North by Northwest, my favorite Hitchcock film. 
Danny, that might be Danny's. If Danny ever went back and watched all the Hitchcock films, that would be Danny's favorite. I think he would actually oh, really like that. A hundred percent. It's yeah. it's a comedy. It's a it's a thriller. Yeah. It's a whodunit. It's cool. yeah. It's it's everything wrapped up in a film that you you would love. Ooh, I'm putting um, that. I'm writing that down for we should watch a movie. That would be a good movie to revisit. Sweet. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Uh, number two, The Dark Knight, my favorite superhero film. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and number one is uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, that another, is like why is that not on my list? <laughs> the ultimate fun, quotable, just stupid, fun movie. Like, anytime somebody brings up garlic bread, the first thing that pops into my mouth is bread <laughs> makes you fat. <laughs> like, I, I just bust that out whenever. And, and Are it's the great, L word but... lesbians? Oh, yeah. I'm in lesbians with you. <laughs> it's it's just that, and I, I like I get it. Like you you throw around the term like oh a film it's ahead of its time, but like because it didn't do well at the box office initially. But like it's just it's just great. Like I I don't understand why more people don't love it. Okay, so what a each big of episode us for Edgar Wright. Yeah, each yeah. of us had an, a different Edgar Wright movie on all of our lists. So. Is Edgar Wright the most rewatchable director of all time? Probably. Like oh. you got the you Cornetto, the Cornetto. yeah, Baby yeah. Driver. Uh, I guess you know Last Night in Soho. Maybe not because it's not a great movie, probably, but probably not rewatchable. <laughs> I think it was terrible, but I don't know that I'd call it rewatchable. Yeah, Edgar Wright, one hundred percent. He's the most rewatchable wow. director of all Congratulations, time. Congratulations, Edgar Wright. Big night for him. He, I'm, sure I'm sure he's, he's listening stoked. somewhere right now. Yeah. <laughs> He's Wes dead. Anderson was like sitting in a corner with with his his Spotify on, thinking I'm going to be the most watchable rewatchable director, and we're giving it to Edgar Wright. And now he's sad. Not in my house, dude. Not on my freaking. I podcast. love Wes Anderson. It does. So I had this like I didn't really have a criteria, but like one is like I don't want a movie where I like if I I have to sit down and pay attention to every single second. Like I have to put all of my focus on this movie, like all of my energy towards that. That's why. Jurassic Park didn't make my list, but Wes Anderson, it's also like, I have to look at, I have to pay attention to the surroundings because I just love everything he does with like the visual effects and artwork of his film films. But I love Wes Anderson, but he's not very rewatchable because he's just so in his own zone in every single Mm -hmm. movie. So I'm just curious, like what were like a few films that you either didn't put on your list because you forgot about it or were like your last cuts? Okay, so we talked about it. Danny's comparison was Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. Like, those, like, golden years of mm-hmm. Adam Sandler comedies are – none of us had those. Like, those are so rewatchable. We could go through – we didn't really have a lot of comedies. A lot of comedies. Superbad, yeah. very rewatchable. I'm so pissed I didn't have Superbad. Booksmart, Booksmart was oh, a very late cut yeah. for me. It's – there's so there's so many movies on – on these lists that ugh. my my very last cut was the replacements that Keanu Reeves movie from like 2000 I that's the ultimate TBS movie and I love it so much I'll watch it a million times I don't care I think it's a blast. Jaws oh my god dude Jaws is so rewatchable yeah Jaws was one of my last cuts as well uh the Iron yeah. Giant I'm literally just looking at art prints on the Iron Giant me. no dude I love watching the Iron Giant Independence Day I'm just looking at prints Aliens, Nacho Libre, dude. <laughs> Nacho Libre, <laughs> so rewatchable. 
Uh, but yeah, like I didn't put any Star Wars, didn't put any Harry Potter, didn't put any Lord. Of, they're just they're long, and some of them are kind of intense, and I they require too much attention for me to consider them super rewatchable. And I also I just tried to stay away from series in general. Yeah, I have that Brian disease where if you start something, you have to finish it. So like, I can't just watch Empire Strikes Back. I have to start with the Phantom Menace and go through all of them. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it. Um, did you, were there any on our list that you're just like, oh, really? That's on your rewatchable movies list? Um, not really. Cause again, like it's a hundred percent subjective. So like Smokey and the Bandit, like I understand it's maybe not something that <laughs> I rewatch a ton. Have you seen it? It's a great, oh, I've seen it once. Okay. But I understand why it's rewatchable. Yes. Um, Field of Dreams, again, Maybe not rewatchable in my eyes because it's it's really good, but I get why it's rewatchable. But it's it, but again, this is like yeah. it's baseball. Yeah, um, baseball that was my thing. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Top Gun. Again, like I've seen it once. I I personally don't wouldn't re- say it was rewatchable, but I understand why it would be. Is it the lick? Does the lick keep you from watching it again? I get it. Uh, it's totally the lick. You caught the me. The lick's weird. Ours it's it a that, little weird. Ours it that Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise never make out, even though they clearly <laughs> very much want to. It, yeah. Uh, Part of it. That that might be it as well. Yes. But no, Like I, I was looking at the list, and I was like, yeah, I get why all these films would be on a rewatchable list like there wasn't a clear thing like danny's pokemon bit like mr mind really <laughs> but no it, I, dude i had no shout out to kev whose favorite pokemon, pokemon is mr mime you freaking psychopath yeah, <laughs> yeah. he kev, he put he, kev on a list yeah he is a clown that you don't want to hire for your children's birthday party no he is don't the, let him yeah. anywhere near your kids he is the, he kind of reminds me of like if Whoever played the Zodiac Killer in Zod- David Fincher's Zodiac, like, that's what that guy would be as a Pokemon. <laughs> we can't do Pokemon talking again. I'll die. I will die if we keep talking about Pokemon. We can't do it. Uh, all right. Any more thoughts on rewatchable movies before we move on to emails? No. I'm, I'm excited to hear uh, what the, uh, the Greater Rankings family has on their, uh, on their rewatchable list. Maybe we'll do uh, like a short newsletter after this year of like the most rewatchable movies of 2022, and we'll get all three of our lists together. We'll put it in the That'd Discord. Be a fun, be a fun ranky. Yeah, a little, little most something we put out movie. there in the Discord. Yeah, cool. Um, the uh, we got an email from Callie. Callie from a couple weeks ago, famously hates children. Yeah, hates children <laughs> so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's her thing now. You I'm say sorry, something Callie. on the right key and it lives forever. Listen, you have to know we drive bits into the ground here. That's just kind of what we do. Um, well, we're a parent. Says, our parent company is mad about movies. So, like, are you surprised? Yeah, we learned it from them. Um, Callie says, hey, Rank Kings, love this episode idea. Below are mine and Alex's list. Alex is her husband. Um, you can be the judge of whose is better, but just know if you don't pick mine, we are no longer friends. No pressure. Oh, so, okay, we get to be the judges. I like this. Yeah. It's a this small Rank Kings episode within an episode. It's ranking exception yeah. right here. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Alex's list. He starts with number 10. I am legend, Ooh. which I would disagree with because that movie hurts my heart. I actually watched that movie a lot when I was a kid. <laughs> I thought that was like in middle middle school. Ty thought that was like one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, nine is up for when he wants a good cry. Uh, eight is Nacho Libre, which you mentioned, Ty. Seven is Hot Rod, which should be oh my number Oh, my one, God. What? Are you... <laughs> I forgot about Hot Rod. did I forget Hot Rod? I'm so mad. Oh, I'm so no, mad I'm actually pissed at myself Hot right Rod now. My list. It honestly might be my number one. I watched that movie so many times when I was... Mm-hmm. Oh, cool, cool my beans, God. Beans, beans, oh. cool beans. Is this Alex's list? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's Alex, my winner. Great book. <laughs> Uh, six is Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, uh, which great. Yeah. Too long for me to be re- super rewatchable, I think, but a great pick. Five is Sweeney Todd. Uh, four is bringing Alex's list way down. It's The Matrix. Oh, oh, Uh-oh. yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> as excited as I was about the hot rod, yeah, you I don't know. Lost if, me Alex, sorry, but I don't know if you're my winner anymore. <laughs> but, but three Ferris Bueller's Day Ooh. Off. Okay. We're right back. Okay. Right back on Team Alex. Uh, two is Wally. Ty famously loves Wally. I loves robots. robots. Big fan. Don't like robots. Uh, and number one is Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl, which is a oh, great pick. I think actually, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies are super. First cool. video I bought for my video iPod. Nice, <laughs> nice. Alex, mostly good list. Matrix is a is a rough spot yeah. there, but I think that's just a me personal. Thing. Yeah, it's just us two. Uh, <laughs> we famously hate the Matrix. <laughs> Uh, Callie's list number 10, Little Women, for when she wants a good cry. 2019. Yeah. I'm assuming it's 2019. I, she didn't say, but yes, yeah. I'm going to assume. Uh, nine, Par- Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh, eight, Ratatouille. There you go, Ty. Uh, seven, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Oh. It's a great pick. I think the most rewatchable of any of the Star Wars movies, probably. Agreed. Uh, six, Mamma Mia. Incredible pick. Cool. Super agree. Very rewatchable. Abba, most number overrated f- band of all time. Okay. Um, <laughs> number five is an incredible pick that I'm mad is not on my list. The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, oh my Should God. Should be on my list. Freaking ro- Stanley Tucci. Oh my God. Stanley Tucci, dude. Oh. Dang it. Emily yeah. Blunt just kills it in that movie. Yeah. Devil Wears Prada should have been on my list. This is a great call. Four, Monsters, Inc. Ooh. Which is really good. Yeah. Th- three, Back to the Future. Excellent pick. Two, Jurassic Park. Incredible pick. Number one, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ooh, she has two Incredible for my list. Pick. I, I'm going Callie, and it's entirely because Alex has the Matrix at number four. Same. He almost won me over right away with hot rod because that's a pretty perfect pick but i think callie's is better one through ten yeah he won me over with hot rod then had the matrix and then callie has two of my top 10 on her list so i'm going with callie's even though she hates children yeah we'll make it a clean sweep i i and you know if i were to put a star wars it would definitely be empire that that would be on my list so yeah i i would agree with callie's list as well well congratulations callie the first like the first winner of like the mini episode of rankings within the episode of rankings. First ever. We're making history here. Uh, and then they just finished Have an Awesome Day, Callie and Alex. We love them. Check out their YouTube channel. Yeah. Go, go follow Callie and Alex's YouTube channel. It's very fun. Um, and then we got a voicemail from our good friend Meg Weber. Yay. Hello, my friends. It's Meg. I am just sending you guys a quick voicemail with some of my most rewatched movies, my favorite ones to rewatch. Also, I'm going to go through this pretty quickly because there's literally not enough time to go through all the movies I like to rewatch. I am the queen of rewatching movies. (laughs) Brings me a lot of comfort in many cases. There's nostalgia involved with some of these, and it's just like a routine thing. I like to watch at certain times a year and whatnot, too. Many of those involved are in my 
my all-time favorites lists, such as Lord of the Rings, Denise Dune and Blade Runner 2049, Star Wars, Wonder Woman, both movies. But my favorite, of course, as you guys know, is the first Bond movies and specifically Daniel Craig's Mission Impossible movies, the Sherlock series, which I count as movies because they're as long, (laughs) Knives Out, Harry Potter, Alita, no negative commentary, please. Classics like Jurassic Park, late, When Harry Met Sally, Ferris Bueller, of course, my girl, oh, Greta, Lady Bird, Luca Guadagnino's Call Me By Your Name, my favorite musicals like La La Land, the Mamma Mia movies, of course, yes. In the Heights, recent. And then there's some of the more fun, bombastic blockbuster types like the Fast and Furious movies, specifically for me, the earlier ones oh God, with Paul Walker. I. Love to rewatch the Monsterverse <laughs> movies. I don't know, they're just fun. And so I can throw oh, yeah. on, you know, and just kind of mindlessly enjoy. And Pirates Skull of the Caribbean, specifically the trilogy, the first few movies, and most importantly, the first movie, which is just an all-time classic for me. There are, of course, many more movies that I love to rewatch all the time and almost on a schedule, it would seem sometimes, but just wanted to highlight some of the ones that definitely make repeat occurrences every year, and they bring me a lot of joy and or that sweet, melancholy, bittersweet feeling for some of those. All right, that's all. Wiser, please don't kill me. (laughs) I tried to keep it under two. (laughs) See ya. Dang, you, dude, man. I forgot. Thanks, it was like a minute 59, dude. She just did I that. forgot about fat, like, all the fat, like, Fast Five, so rewatchable. All the kaiju movies, like Pacific Rim, mm. Skull Island. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. And Meg really is the queen of rewatching movies. She famously has seen Dune, like, 40 times. It's too many. She saw it in theaters, like, 28 That's times. It's too she many bagpipes. She <laughs> she did, took out a loan from a bank apparently to watch Dude in theater 28 times. She loved rewatching movies. So uh, her opinion means a lot. Lady Bird, though, list, though. I love the mention of Lady Bird. It's my second favorite movie yeah. of all time. Cannot rewatch that because it just crushes me. It crushes me so hard, the ending of mm-hmm. that movie. But Greta. I mean, we got multiple mentions of Greta. Little Women 2019, Lady Bird, Greta, greatest director of all time. Sorry, Steven Spielberg. But <laughs> two movies deep already crowning her. Sorry, doesn't matter. She created two five star movies. It doesn't matter. God, I hope Barbie's good. Yeah, I was gonna say, Ty, I'm... you're already first in line for Barbie, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to yeah. midnight. Like I'm getting. I'm gonna be the first person in line for that movie. I'm so excited. I think if Barbie's like really great, then I'll feel pretty comfortable putting Greta on my Mount Rushmore. She's on the directors. edge of my top five directors. She's like peeking over the corner, and if Barbie kills it, which I am 100 percent positive it will. She's moving right in there. Plus, she's starring in Noah Baumbach's new movie next year, with co-starring with, uh, um, oh my gosh, tall guy, Star Wars. <laughs> Dang it, Adam, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. <laughs> Adam Driver. Yeah, <laughs> tall guy, Star Wars. Come on. <laughs> he's, he's, she's co-starring with Adam Driver. <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing if like she like somehow was like, hey, Barbie's actually coming out in 2023, and she wins Best Supporting Actress or Best Actress. Best director, best screenplay, best movie. Okay, you need to relax. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Greta is just <laughs> too much. You're doing too much right now. <laughs> I love me some Greta, uh, baby. Uh, all right. Any anything else before we skedaddle? I don't think no. so. Cool, Sean. Thank you so much for being here. We love having you on. You're always an incredible guest. Um, everybody, check out the Banana Meter. Yeah. Dump Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Screw Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. You hear it here. We're Bananameter is the official movie rating 
website of the Rank Kings. Yes. So get Absolutely. on it. Can, can, just to make it official, can the Banana Meter cover a Knight's Tale? That's I, what we need. I will see what I can do. And can Dude, me and Danny just... both write reviews for it? Because <laughs> A Knight's Tale is currently 59% and rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, and nothing has ever made me more angry in my entire life. So I need justice for A Knight's Tale. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. Thanks for listening to the rankings. Huge thank you to Sean Blanford. Follow him Twitter and Instagram at MovieBurb. That's B-I-R-B. Uh, website, MovieBurb.com. Yep. Cool. Check out his website. Always posting fun reviews and cool insight from the different uh, different movie festivals and stuff that he's checking out. Um, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RankingsPod. Don't forget that double K in the middle. Uh, join our Discord. It's free. You can find the link in our social media bios or in the show notes here. We will be back with a new episode next week. Until then, it's not worth winning if you can't win, bit. Yeah. Bye. See ya.